today's conspiracy theories, tomorrow's headlines. Most are still asleep and I ain't talking about no bedtime. The truth is not a Google search, you need to get your head right. The Greek goddess of illusion was called Media Eni. I'm not a coincidence theorist, I look for thread lines. Smashing every deadline, no longer smashing red wine. Though I can hear the bells chime, it feels like the end times. That probably should have been smashed on red wine But the carnal mind is foolish Obey and end up ghoulish Don't get used by instinct Take control and learn to use it Make a load of earnest music Earn a few quid, learn a few tricks Sure the truth is persecuted This whole world is pure abusive Know a bit about everything and everything about nothing Figured out my noggin while you put your shopping You sit about watching while I dish it out Stop it, I don't mean to sound cocky I'm not even proud of it It's a second dish to me just to be this out honest I don't even need to sound honest Never been about profit Everything but out on it You can bet your house on it Doubt I'll be out for the count when the sound and I'm down for the beat, no beat down I mean how long's it been, help me out I've been the only one who's held me down All in the mind, hell freeze now Still sick with it, healthy how Few bars down and the world freaked out I don't reach out, I seek out to speak out I'm a recount the reasons they beat out Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to the 509 Divine Pines podcast. I am your host, Joseph Daniel Pena, and it is February 15th, 2024. And you, you know, all of you guys just had your Valentine's destinations and lock and all of your cute little chocolate presentations. Yes, yes. But this tonight, we're going to go ahead and time travel. And uh, yes, yes, yes. What I want you guys to do is like, subscribe, share, and tell everybody around that this is going down. This is streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Rumble, uh, and we'll be out by the morning or the next morning on Spotify. Uh, click any link. Links that you want to go ahead and check out on all of our socials and donate if you could and if you would be nice because you know that's what we do around here we we support each other right if you would go do that now tonight we have on Christelle Lujan and she is the I'm travel novels the Luxury of Time Travel, and The Origins of Time Travel. She is currently working on a dystopian novel that looks a couple decades into the future, or like a couple years from now, am I right? Where a technocratic system has taken over the U.S. and a majority of the population lives in smart cities under mind control, except for a few who remain on the outside, the Wildlanders. She is also a mother of five who lives on the homestead with her husband and works in the publishing industry. She describes her work as science fiction with a soft center and believes all conspiracy. You can check her out at, uh, you know, um, Twitter and Instagram. And she also has a website. So you can go ahead and com. 
and hi thanks for having me how's everything going how's uh how's life it's great. I'm doing great over here. I'm like rallying after a day with five kids at 10 o'clock at night. I'm like finding my inner energy here. Okay. So, so you're over there in Arizona, uh, craziness by the border or no, it's a whole bunch of propaganda, huh? That's what I hear. You know what? I can, <laughs> I'm born and raised in Arizona and I can honestly say that I see absolutely not one ounce from where I'm at. Um, I'm not near the border. I'm probably about uh, two or three hours from the border, but I can honestly say that I haven't seen a single change in my town or in my life. I don't spend a lot of time in Phoenix and the major cities, um, but I can honestly say that I haven't seen a change here. I don't think that means that nothing's happening, but it hasn't impacted my area directly at all. Okay, yeah. Um, I just had seen a, a post online. I don't know if there's any um, extreme truth to it. It might have just been a stretched truth. But in Phoenix, there was a lot of migrants taking over a lot of the blocks. It just suddenly started pouring in and, you know, just caravanning in, into Phoenix. And Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it isn't happening. I'm just... Because, uh... like... Well, I mean, this kind of leads into where we're headed, this 15-minute uh, city, these smart cities, uh, you know, under yeah. under major control. They're doing this, uh, you know, the, the elites are well, doing this Well, I think they're trying to make and, city living. Yeah, yeah, you know. Guys, tonight's conversation is going to be great. Uh, it is, she, she okay, Christelle Lujan um, really likes dystopian futures, uh, smart cities ai time travel truth and uh you know science fiction quote unquote right you know what i mean and that's what my podcast has been dealing with and and talking about for you know two years now and this is going to be so christelle uh tell them like a little bit about yourself that i didn't already you know if there's anything more that you can say and uh, anywhere else that they can find you anything that uh you know, that you want to introduce yourself as, you know, and I might've missed. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, like you said, I am an author and I have, I started out just writing books that I thought were entirely coming from my imagination and that were coming from my own stream of consciousness. And the more research I did around my science fiction books, the more I realized I wasn't writing science fiction at all that a lot of what my books contain are actually reflective of things that are happening in the real world, high strangeness, um, conspiracy, like there's a ton, obviously science fiction more than any other genre has a ton of overlap with, um, you know, sort of the alternative culture and news. And so I already sort of loved that. And so I combined my interest in any kind of weird and alternative news with the content of my books. And I honestly don't think you can write science fiction 
without having an understanding of this. And if you are, then it's probably not very good science fiction because let's face it, everything from aliens to time travel, like that's this space and I love this space. And so I just try to combine that with, um, with my creative endeavors and it makes the research process really fun and enjoyable. But, um, but yeah, so okay. we also, okay. we have for everybody out there, <laughs> they might not be as deep as us, uh, you know, so, so let's go ahead and, and, and give them a quick rundown, told them many of times on, on my broadcast, how, how I've came to this, just a whole bunch of craziness in my life. I hope that you didn't have all that craziness like I did, but just let yourself, you know, say, I guess. Yeah, so I guess if you're going to call it, like, I, I would like to say that my awakening kind of happened in phases. And so um, the first time that I really started to just kind of question the world around me is um, during the birth of my first son. It, to, without getting into the very long story of it, it was a really difficult birth. It was a really poorly medicalized birth. And it was the first time uh, my grandfather's a doctor. And so I was raised like you trust doctors, you trust the medical system, you go in and you say yes. And my first birth was really horrible as a result of that mentality. And so the very first layer to go for me was like trust in the medical industrial complex. And I started to kind of go down that rabbit hole first, realizing that, <clears throat> you know, that was the first kind of like establishment that fell for me. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of escalates from there. You have one area where you start to question whatever the mainstream talking points are. And once one brick falls, they kind of all start to fall at once. And so um, once I, once I started to see, you know, the blinders drop on the medical complex that obviously changed how I experienced 2020 compared to how a lot of other people experienced 2020. And in the midst of that, I was writing my books and my books are based around psychics and time travel. And that gets you into an entirely different kind of metaphysical side of the conversation. Um, and then, you know, I'm I'm totally that mom who I don't go to a traditional doctor. Like my kids get cold, wet socks when they're sick, not Tylenol, you know, and we live on a homestead and we eat all organic. We have a garden. We make sourdough. We have chickens that we raise for me. We literally bought a pig and put it in a dog kennel and brought it home during our first month owning our homestead. <laughs> so we just, we're the kind of people who kind of go all in on that side. And, um, you know, I don't think there's a conspiracy out there that I haven't at least heard a lot on and read, like, I'm not afraid to read anything. That doesn't mean I buy every single thing that comes across my feed. But I think that if you're being, you know, if you, if you want to know the truth, you have to listen to everything and then kind of decide for yourself. Yeah, honestly, I'm up here in Washington state and uh, I'm, I'm in farmland. And so like, I don't, I'm not a farmsteader. And I don't have my own farm, but, uh, you know, I'm around everywhere. There's cows, there's agriculture, there's all sorts of, you know, it, it's 
everywhere. It, it's you know the, the lifestyle. It, it's an agriculture county, and it's it's a beautiful thing uh, to to have that around. You know, fresh fresh fruits and vegetables, fresh produce, uh, fresh meat, fresh eggs. You know, um, because you, you look around the world and like fresh food. You know, oh, I've recently heard things like organic farming is bad from the mainstream. I've heard things like don't eat meat because, you know, you're supporting cow farts and, and climate change and you're killing you by, you know, one hamburger, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. It is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Uh, so that that right there is like um, a win you know having having your own land to go ahead and like thrive on that's that's a win that's my dream i'm i'm a i I really want to work for that um but you know um the medical industry itself is is pretty toxic like for me i always had a a like a dying itch in my you know about it like i was just wondering like you know there's just some there seems something wrong about it it doesn't seem like they're really tackling the problems like for most of my life i was thinking that and then recently, uh, you know, over the last, I don't know, maybe five to 10 years specifically, I started really understanding this on a deeper level. I guess I've ever since I came out of the the military for uh, chemical analysis, I got kicked out for smoking weed. But, uh, you know, I learned a lot in the freaking time. I learned too much, I was, I, which made me smoke weed. I was like, I have to chill. This is bullshit. <laughs> and so I came back and I started realizing all the toxins and poisons. And, you know, I, I, I really appreciate organic farming. So, you know, just that alone, it, it, you guys got to understand, like, uh, the food that we eat is very important. So that can heal us. That can, like, make us, like, actually be creative. It, it gives us all the actual juices that we need to be strong, to be wise, makes our brain flow, our skin glow. And, and uh, you know, with, of, um I guess the paranormal too, like being able to time travel and, you know, look at, look at what's happening with, uh, per se, the global elite and, and the, the, the dominance, they want to go ahead and instill for a dystopian future. Um, because a lot of people, they, they, they get trapped in a box with, with the same old foods and, uh, it's very toxic. It, it's degrading to their brain. And I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you can, uh, you know, shine some light um you know i'm glad that that you had said that right there um so let's get into it yeah psychic abilities and researching psychic abilities for your first book how did you go ahead and uh you know get into the luxury of time travel and the origins of time travel if you could for everyone yeah so i've always had kind of a minor obsession with psychic ability anyways um I don't know how old you are. I don't know if you're old enough to have ever watched Montel Williams when he was on TV, but he used to always have this, like it was a daytime talk show and he always had this psychic named Sylvia Brown on there. And she was just this kind of like wild character of a psychic, but I can remember just being fascinated every time she was on, you know, she was one of those that would like pick people out of the audience and tell them that their dead family members were there and try and relay a message to them. And like, I can remember that obsession and my parents bought me her books and I was reading like Edgar Casey when I was a teenager. And so I was super interested in the subject matter. Um, and I've always felt like I had some intuitive ability myself, although it's taken a lot longer for me to kind of 
come to terms with that. I always, you know, for a long time, just kind of chalked it up to coincidence, but it's always been an area where I've just kind of been drawn to. And um, the idea for this book actually came to me in a dream, which I also feel is kind of psychically aligned. There's something about dream state and dream matter that for whatever reason seems to have overlap, right? Like there's dimensionality to both of those characteristics. And so um, I started writing this book without any real foundational research, more of just an obsession around psychic ability. And as I wrote it and started to pull it together, I came upon this podcast where um, Mark Gober was talking about his book, The End to Upside Down Thinking. And he really talks about consciousness and um, that kind of got my brain working. And so this book is really an exploration of consciousness and that, in my opinion, if time travel travel was real, the way it would operate is through our own consciousness and that it would be through tapping into our own memories, through sort of, you know, turning the dial all the way up on psychic ability. Like if we could transport our consciousness from the past into our body in the future or into the body of another person, that that would be the way time travel would actually work. And so I kind of built this story around that idea. If uh, we're looking at uh, how old I am, I'm, I'm 30, surprisingly. Um, okay. <laughs> everyone okay. asked that. I'm, I'm, I look, you know, I don't know, somewhere in my 20s for sure. Um, <laughs> but I have not watched that show. There is another show that comes across my mind, which is uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats and how that was uh, based on a real military project. And uh, I had on a guest, um, Eric Hecker, before. Uh, for who talked about the operation at, um, or project? I think it's operations, and it's pretty wild that w how how much the military and government and how much other cultures around the world started taking these subjects. Uh, you know, when they when you look into books and you look into um, beliefs, you know. Uh, and uh, just before the show, I told you about like my my occurrence uh, where I had. Uh, like started watching some shows and started, um, you know, realizing that maybe the time travel is real. Wrote down on a piece of paper if if future me is uh, uh, here and alive or if future me exists, uh, come back and save me. <laughs> and I, ever since then, I started having some very interesting experiences, mind opening, like life changing. And, you know, there's also like the show that I was watching at the time was called travelers and it's about like uh a future ai that you know is trying to save the world so it, it there's a time and, and point where people can upload their consciousness to chips which pretty much seems like right now and the super ai is reading all of time and space and back uh the consciousness into people because it's learning how to tap into it and learning how to use the technology uh what it's very interesting where people have near-death experiences. The AI sends back a, another soul from the future into that person. And like, you know, they, uh, the conspiracy or, or spiritual community or alien 
community sometimes calls it a walk-in, but I think that maybe there's more to it. And I think that, you know, maybe it's not just that it's like, it could be, you know, um, you know, like a relink from our, our own spirit, our own consciousness. You know, if, if we're tied to a ethereal cord, like every culture exists, uh, you know, or a lot of cultures around the world, you know, thinks that we are like a spiritual cord up to the heavens. And sometimes that gets dimmed and sometimes that gets thrown off. But, you know, some and, and sometimes a connection fully isn't there with the higher realm. I mean, it could go up, but it's not receiving the blessing from the connecting higher realm like heaven. Right. And then, you know, a near death experience happens and we get into it. So well, like, uh, that's, a, that's, you know, uh, yeah. a good brief explanation. Like, Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, how do we know that, like, intuition or, you know, deciding not to go to a party that you were going to go to or, you know, deciding to answer the phone and it's someone who really matters to you? You know, who's to say that those, like, inklings aren't a future version of ourselves kind of informing our, our decisions in the present? A split into a, a connecting, um, you know, thread. Like it, every, all of our dimensions are are connected, and our world is like connected by a thread to the the timeline of the universe, right? So the multiple multiple dimension theory, um, which which leads me into more of like what you know, and and you know, uh, more of these topics is uh, the multiverse, right? Like how Spider-Man into the multiverse, uh, you know, explains it. I I watched that and that that, that really set me set me uh, you know, and made me understand that that these elites, uh, you know, the the rich people, they they're three steps ahead of us with the science and with the understanding about these things. So you know what they what they're kind of putting in these movies is you know not just science fiction. This is, uh, you know, I like to think like a, a documentary. Yeah. Well, where, where do you stand as far as like how 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 much of reality do you think is is uh, currently experienced? You know, um, do you think just a little bit of people understand this uh, as far as like, you know, because because I, I do really starts time traveling or like really uh you know has these abilities what do you think so i feel like i mean i feel like there's a lot more people starting to kind of question the nature of our reality and i think that everybody is capable of some of these sort of higher concept abilities whether it be like interdimensional travel or astral projection or psychic ability or telepathy like i think all of these things have a have uh, you know, taken a hold of science fiction because there's a real fundamental truth to them. I think that people in general, you know, I think that humans have some serious supernatural abilities. I think if you look at anything from like a monk who spends most of their life in meditation to Wim Hof breathing or any of these things that, you know, that allows even in mushrooms, like things that allow people to access this other state of consciousness, it's just like a window into what we as humans are supposed to be able to do all the time. And that because of all of the things that 
way down the human experience from, you know, the financial system to big pharma to the terrible food we eat to the horrible like ways in which we get distracted by social media and TV and news and catastrophe. Like all of these things seem to be these giant weights that hold down the abilities that we're all supposed to naturally have. And that's a huge theme in my books is that I think that humans are superheroes in a lot of ways and that our abilities are vast and that when you see sort of these anomalous occurrences that they're not really anomalous. They're just, most of us are just living in such a state of anxiety and exhaustion all the time that we don't get to explore our true nature. So, so with that, let, uh, go ahead and tell everybody, like, you know, quick, maybe not so quick. You, you go ahead and explain uh, about your first book. And so that, you know, what, what can they expect? And, and like, you, you're talking about some of these topics. Is it, uh, you know, what type of lifestyle might someone expect that, you know, in the book or how, how is it? Yeah, are you kind of asking like who, and about the story like, of the book? Yeah, so um the book starts to, out Yeah, just to just for the viewers and then you can give them like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to like summarize the book a little bit. So the story starts out with a, a young woman who her mother is psychic. She has kind of this budding psychic ability and um she overlaps with this young man who is a scientist who's kind of exploring um sort of behavioral modification science because of a tragedy that happened in his family. And the two of them converge and basically create this occurrence of time travel um, accidentally and a huge tragedy erupts from that. And then um, 10 years later, they both find themselves in an Arizona commune dedicated to making time travel available globally. And so it's kind of headed up by this sort of elite billionaire sort of guy who's funding this project. And they're working with scientists and psychics and uh, mechanics to basically figure out the realm of time travel, which they eventually do. And just as our two main characters are kind of finding some steadiness in their presence, um, the effects of discovering time travel hit them and they get thrown into an alternate reality where they're not together and they kind of have to navigate this, this creation that they've made in order to, um, in order to find their way back to each other. So there is sort of a, a love story dynamic to it, but it's also a very heavy like exploration of, you know, the choices we make, the memories we keep, and how consciousness is, you know, non-linear and that um, we can access really our own versions of ourselves at any point in our life and um, try and go back and fix the mistakes we've made in the past and try and shape our future in a way that, you know, hopefully is for the better. You know, for all you nerds out there, it's it's Valentine's Day. I know I don't really celebrate it because it's like uh, a pagan god lubricus, but uh, yeah, it's 
it you know for all you lovers out there go ahead and get this this get this romance novel go like to time travel and all of this um i think that there there's a lot of truth to how we can astral project and we can tap into our consciousness as you said we can tap into this energy you know whether it's our spirit uh you know um simon hein likes to think that there's a there's a zero point energy uh um that you know bigfoots can tap into to kind of traverse through dimensions um i i understand that some people think that they you know we we are in multiple universes like like a spider-man multiverse we kind of we can literally talk one for everybody out there and I, I think that there's uh, really great um, divine abilities that, you know, even the Bible states where, you know, God, God, ha God grants us with, with these divine abilities that, you know, we, we were given because we were born in his image. And uh, there, there's some very fascinating um, abilities we have. I, I understand people get scared of psychic abilities and, um, you know clairvoyance or telepathy or some of these other things like telekinesis or you know um being able to douse and like find metal and so like you know there there's there's different things uh you know um abilities that people have like it they're just born they're just born with them right and uh getting getting into our consciousness whether rooms or or some other type uh, of workout, or or peaceful. I don't know. You can even go on. A, you can even on, you can even go on a mountain hike and experience this bliss that gets you in the right mind state. You know, people think people like to think that as long as you get into the right vibration with your chakras, you can get into these mind states, right? And uh, really tap into um, different realms because you know elves or people just experiencing angelic natures when they you know pray very uh, hard that you know there there's there's something that we're interacting with at all times and you know that something is uh, you know a, a, a split where it's multiple dimensions and there's other dimensional entities and other you know these other dimensional existences and um sh shutting out that shutting out that that idea or that whole concept uh shuts out part of our reality and people get stale people people get trapped inside the box and don't know how to tap into our our surroundings our environment or themselves and so sometimes i think too uh, and all of these topics are very real they unlock you guys i i'll, I'll be real i i didn't i didn't feel connected to my dreams and my goals until I started understanding this and try to and try to like read out the future and uh you know I guess uh that can that can go into like your you know your next let's let's go ahead and uh talk about like what's your idea about some of these movies that are talk um discussing uh, let's just say time travel. You know, you have um, you know, a few different, few different shows. Yeah. So that's, there's. That you might uh, go ahead and. Yeah. So I tend to like actually not be a fan of a lot of the sort of mainstream time travel movies and shows. I've, although I do, I mean, I, I enjoy them from an entertainment standpoint. But in terms of 
Like what I really like in sci-fi is when I feel like they're unlocking something that was difficult to realize sort of in our real world. And so when I look at some of the best modern science fiction right now, like I love Interstellar and the play on basically the fact that like love is sort of this compass for consciousness and for sending messages out across the universe. And um, I actually feel like even though Arrival is really more like a first contact story, Arrival is also a time travel story where you witness the main character's consciousness. Once the aliens unlock something in her through language, she's able to time travel her consciousness elsewhere and basically save the world. By And so I would say that that's probably maybe as close of an overlap as there is in my story is what happens in Arrival. Um, but if I'm picking my absolute favorite favorite show of the last 10 years that does this the best, it would be the OA on Netflix. And um, this one has a ton to do with NDEs, a ton to do with alternate dimensions. And there's some, you know, I'll annoy anybody who's willing to sit and talk to me about the OA forever because it is my favorite show. And I feel like there's some really, really deep truth within the messaging in that show. And there is, when you watch it, I know that just recently it kind of had a resurgence because it only went two seasons, got canceled after two seasons, even though it was supposed to be five. And, um, but there's something that happens when you watch that show where like people are like, it's a shamanic experience just to see this this show and it really is like it totally gets you thinking differently about consciousness and other realities and so i think if if you're trying to sort of expand how far you're willing to think reality goes like those are a few that really do a good job turning a key you know just to name another few uh there's the man the high castle I talk about that a lot where uh, it, it goes and talks about how the Nazis won the war and they, they were working on these devices to go ahead and travel into multiple dimensions or universes and time travel. Or, or it's, it's very interesting, right? And then there's another one, uh, Timeless. It was actually canceled after the second season because I very realistic and what might be happening with the elites where – uh, there was, there's this family, it's like Rockefeller and something like that. Right. And they, they're working on time travel. Uh, they eventually start getting close and then they make the government, make the CIA and all that stuff. And they, they master it. They, they get time travel, but then the, you know, um, they, the creator creates a second one and well, guess what? One, one team ha is good and they took, take that one and one team is bad and they go and try to destroy reality so the good the good team is always trying to go backwards and trying to save reality and i mean let's be honest it, if, it's a good one you should watch it truth to these two i mean uh, the way i think that and the way i kind of actually see it is that these directors um and these you know um big time money funders let's just say like the the film agencies paramount or whatever you know they have a lot of esoteric and secret knowledge that, like they're 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 family members with the elites and you know they they go to like the 
you know, the the closed museums and they, they go and check, you know, uh, forbidden and, you know, they have all the the highest, you know, paid for stuff. And, you know, they, they get access to like archaeological sites first and like, you know, close it off with military personnel. So, you know, they have a lot of truth in these movies because like they have access. We, we you know, we hear about it all the time. Like, oh, yeah, the military or uh, Hollywood was able to rent out this place and you know privately secure it and you know just it's like what well, well, all right that's pretty strange and you know how long were they there oh they were there for weeks you know and it's like okay well what were they doing yeah you know the, these guys all a lot of this because i mean you you even see it in some of these um there's a lot of deep underground military bases that are shown in in these shows that you don't ever probably we don't ever get access to ever in real oh, get into it um when we look at like more of these parallel universes, uh, how might that be affecting us today? What do you think, like, and time? What what do you think, like, as far as what's going on today in our reality? Do you think that uh, there there is um, some aspect that our our government or like um, you know our world is currently experiencing? You know this as far as. You know, because people people like to hear people, people like to think about the Mandela effect, right? Do you do you kind of subscribe to that that this that Mandela effect might be a result of this parallel universe or people messing with? Yeah, so I'm always kind of torn between whether the Mandela effect is something that happened where timelines merged as a result of the Large Hadron Collider being turned on. Or if it's done in in sort of a more like on this plane sort of way where they're very intentionally messing with us to see like how much they can tweak reality without people knowing. And so I'm I'm never a hundred percent ready to commit to oh, I'm from this timeline where, you know, it's Berenstain Bears and you're from this timeline where Curious George has no tail. I'm, I tend to, I, I tend to keep it a little bit more on this plane when it comes to the Mandela effect, because I think they just like to kind of seed wrong ideas all the time to see what sticks and to see how many people they can convince of things. And it's almost like a, I almost think it's like a litmus test for your ability to like hold on to what you know to be true when in the face of being lied to, you know? And so I like, like, I think there's some weird stuff going on with CERN and I've talked about CERN in like a couple of my TikTok videos and stuff like that. Like there is no doubt crazy shit happening at CERN, but I also think that the Mandela effect and like the level of popularity it's hit to me, it's like a mind control project on the world, or at least on America, to be like, how how much can we shift the Overton window and how much can we deceive you and you'll still buy it, even on these tiny, you know, like these small scale things, because we see it happen in large scale things where we know, you know, they change the definitions of words right in front of our faces and we can see it happen. And so I think that it's just this constant ongoing experiment of like, just how much can we shift reality without too much uproar? 
in the 90s? Say that one more time. Do you remember Nelson Mandela dying in the 90s? You know what? I, I didn't have any memory of Nelson Mandela. Like when I like there is apparently not something that crossed my 90s brain because it like as in like I'm definitely I definitely am much more versed when you're talking about like the fruit of the loom cornucopia and stuff like that. I don't remember what I knew of Mandela as a kid. Right. The, the cornucopia. Actually, you 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 shocked me when you said that Curious George had no tail. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, it's like only okay, new no, ones. Well, there's also this other aspect where uh, there's other there's another aspect to this though, where the Japanese like to think that they're uh, the Japanese culture ancient Japanese culture like to think that there's angels who are kind of related to like sirens who are, who are these very manipulating dark uh you know spirits what what's your thought on that that this could be you know um well okay look when we're talking about cern summoning dark spirits they're 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 doing crazy rituals to shiva they have all sorts of ties to all these uh occultists right for lack of better words and so they're 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 dealing with spirits and if 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 we actually understand the way ghost hunters look at ghosts and the way that ancient cultures looked at angels and demons and they can do things we just can't see them right so like you know for for some of the aspect where things are being changed i do think yeah i'm with you like i don't think that everything that being is being changed is from time travel, I, I do, do think that I don't know what from what I anyways from what I heard, Nelson Mandela has already died three times, and I don't know what to believe anymore. I, I'm not even gonna buy fruit of the loom. That's witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, um, I don't know. They okay, seem uh, to believe like in the, these trickster gods and these you know gods of destruction, and so it's like anytime something as globally recognized as CERN is worshiping gods and occult figures and stuff like that. Like you have to pay it some attention. You have to care a little bit. You can't dismiss it all, you know? And so I don't know what it is that they are doing there. And I do, but sometimes I think something like the Mandela effect is almost like a smoke screen because it's like, I think that whatever they actually are doing is probably so much worse and so much bigger that we can barely even conceive of what that is. Like, you know, change how, how Fruit Loops is spelled all you want, but like, I want to know, you know, did we avert disaster or did they create disaster, you know? And it's, I think that whatever's going on there is much more interesting than changing brand logos. <laughs> Well, I'll be there theory recently like I have a, I have a tough very very tough time understanding or believing what happened between uh, 1900 to 1940 maybe 1950 so you know everything from World War one to the Philadelphia experiment World War two is very questionable as far as 
how deep they went, you know, there there was a lot of talks, right? How Hitler and all them they they found the bell for this UFO, which could also time travel. Well, like it gets very it gets very weird where people think that there's you know I've heard I've heard of these these things where or people's theories where went off or or something happened where you know there was already complete destruction and what we've been seeing is like a repopulation receding you know whether it be through the orphan trains or whether it be through the ufos and like realizing that a lot of our cities are rebuilt over already constructed cities that were bombed all you know and and bomb um set on fire destroyed all the infrastructure literally built over america's built over a second city right and probably all around the world um you know there, there there's that theory right it's 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 pretty pretty tough to realize like you know manipulation it's going uh like even to the point right now, what we're seeing is where we're Wikipedia trying to rewrite history. We're we're seeing, um, you know, the government trying to rewrite history literally before our own eyes. And this isn't just doing, but like when we think about what there's they're worshiping over at CERN, it's some ancient fallen angel type of stuff. These ancient, ancient like demons, ain't you know, devils, literally, uh, you know, it's very, very dark. And, and, and if we even take a, a glance at what, um, what the Sumerian tablets and some of these other cultures said about the technology that they had, like the technology that they had, by far surpasses any technology that we have right now. I mean, we, we know that some of these in Vermont, like which were UFOs from back in the day. Like these, you know, uh, uh, like Mandela affect us every day if they wanted to. Uh, they have the ability to like clone and repopulate the world and that if they wanted to. And not just that, but if they, you know, want to put us in into like this this matrix or multiple dimension yeah you know the matrix it's very possible too uh what's your idea on on the matrix i know that you uh had um had mentioned that on your your page uh yeah you know, do you i think mean, that for, for everybody out there like the matrix is is probably a lot more realistic than we think right I think it's hard not to feel like we're already living in a matrix. And I don't even necessarily mean that from a simulation theory standpoint, which I also think is always super interesting to explore when you're thinking about reality and the different dimensions. But already we kind of have this like layer of false reality on top of our own reality. And like we're we're not quite in the matrix where it's like, we can't see it because we can see it. We can see that when we log on to social media, that that's a different reality than when you're walking down the street, you know? And I think that we're, we're not only does it represent, you know, kind of like where we could be headed in the future, but I do think it's where we're already existing, where so much of our reality is construction constructed and manufactured around us in a way that, doesn't actually represent the real world. You know, I think a ton of us were 
in a similar position where, you know, during 2020, you like see what you see on social media, you hear what you hear on the news, and then you walk out your door and you don't see that, you know, you don't experience that. And so many of us were like, if we just threw our screens away, we'd be living in a totally different world than what we're being told is reality. And so the matrix is kind of both a metaphor and a prophecy and, you know, this like Gnostic tale all in one. And I think it works really well for any time we want to understand what kind of reality that we're living in. And, you know, we very well could be in the matrix. There's absolutely zero way for us to tell um, but either way, like you kind of have to cement yourself in as close to reality as you can possibly get. Um, while all of these other forces are looking to construct what is real around you and tell you what is real. And, you know, my, what I try to do through my storytelling and even just through like raising my own kids is just really coming up with a foundation of like what we know is true and real. And I think everybody has to do that because, especially as we are moving into this AI era where deep fakes are going to be absolutely impossible to, to detect and where virtual reality is coming along, augmented reality. Like you already see these like dorks with their freaking VR goggles on and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, we are just a few hop skips in a way of not being able to tell the difference between the world we're in right now and the world that's being constructed for us. And and this is uh, definitely in what we manifest, but also yes, the the entities above us, like the Matrix. In my opinion, I think that there is like this truth to it. Where it, I don't know the, the the quickest way my brain understood it right now is that like when we start believing in God, it's really interesting where. You know, um, it, it's it's almost seemingly automatic, you know, sometimes like it, it just seems like just suddenly all this dark attention from from people's spirits within or, or, or the system itself just comes for you. And, and and, you know, you can you can liberate yourself. Definitely. You can you can, you know, tap into that zero point or, or that consciousness kind of astral project and and learn some things and. And you know, uh, learn how to manage your path, and you know that that's something that these other entities out there, let's say God too, uh, want to you know um, do inside of us, like Inception. It, to reverse it, you know, Inception, they're trying to get people are trying to get inside a mind or inside a soul, right? Like that's the way mm -hmm. the dark spirits like like to see it. They're trying to get more deeper inside of you, and and it's also the same thing. Uh, maybe maybe how about this? In in some essence, the the light spirits want to protect. Though it it's a very you know dualistic sense. Um, and well, right now uh, a lot of people need these ideas because people are, have been seeking ever since 2020. I think that it, it's it's opened up, uh, you know, um, I don't know, a, a rift in reality, like a ripple inside the consciousness of uh, you know the world. I I know that um, cultures and theoreticists like to think that there's this. Um, Akashic realm, this this ethereal realm, this conscious 
um, that floats like right right in between earth on this electric you know this uh, this this invisible electric realm that floats you know like the oxygen layer right and mm -hmm. everybody's thoughts are co-collectively you know increasing maybe going more sporadic but also with with the intel of trying you know trying to seek out for these topics um because we're, we're realizing that every little thing that we do but there's also these other entities around who want to change that for us and and we're 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 really going into um you know, our, we we matter, right? We we have this huge role in the universe, and what we say, what we do, matters. And what we think around for our family, as far as like their future being good, it, we, who knows how, how we can affect a time travel, right? Like, I I I know I know that I've affected people because with these uh, topics in a in a very positive way, where I've seen their lives change and them open up. Uh, you know, to new conversations that they would have never opened up to. And, you know, they completely 180 their life, like, uh, you know, went from depression to happiness. And and if we're, if, if, okay, I, you, you um, in the notes, you had given me a, a show, Stranger Things. And personally, I think that right, might be one of the most important There's this, there's this energy, this darkness that that the mainstream Hollywood or the mainstream medical industry wants to instill through you through medicine or music or anything else that they could, and it's affecting people big time. Mm -hmm. uh, um, the world is definitely going mad, and they're not understanding this darkness uh, that's below them. Um, you know what, what led you into thinking, you know about. Or what 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 can you say about Stranger Things and then like how, how that might you know how that might be realistic in in some sense? I I personally know that it, it's it's a huge military operation, Project Montauk. Like yeah. this stuff is real. Yeah, you know? I mean Stranger but Things in your was opinion, called, How can you say? Yeah, Stranger Things was called Montauk to begin with, and so it's a tremendous like the first season is a humongous expose on MK Ultra. And so I think with Stranger Things and with a lot of other really great sci-fi shows that start out really great and kind of lose their footing a little bit, which I, I love Stranger Things, but I do feel like it loses its footing over the next few seasons. But I think, like me, a lot of them start out trying to tell a very true story or trying to connect people to some very real conspiracy. Like you look at the X-Files um, you know, things like that, that are really talking about things that actually happened and bringing awareness. And, you know, when I went back and watched Stranger Things, the first time I watched it, I had no idea what MK Ultra was. The second time I watched it, they literally say MK Ultra in Stranger Things. And it totally passed my radar the first time. But once I knew what it was and knew what I was looking at, that's what the whole first show is about. And so I think science fiction has the ability to do three or four things. It can be predictive programming. So it's designed, you know, you know what predictive programming is. It's designed to make us basically soft to whatever it is they're bringing next. I think it also has the ability to manifest reality that, you know, you look at something like the Hunger Games and the way people behave in the Capitol, and then you can never watch something like the Met Gala the same way ever again. You know, like it basically is the Capitol and it's just manifested itself into reality. And then um, 
I think it also has the ability to be prophetic. And I think that oftentimes when you are telling a story, you are doing some sort of channeling, some sort of intuiting through storytelling. And so when I went back and reread uh, The Handmaid's Tale, one of the things she talks about in it, and this book was written in the 80s, is the way in which they were able to take over the American government was basically through CBDC. And Margaret Atwood was talking about this in 1980. Like, that's just prophecy right there. I, I don't care who, <laughs> what anybody has to say about it. And so, um, and then the other part of science fiction is just research really well done. And Stranger Things, at least the very first season, is just research really well done with some cool, fantastical elements layered on top. And so anytime we're looking at science fiction, we have to be picking it apart from those four different corners is, are they trying to manipulate us with this? Are they trying to tell us a piece of history or some sort of hidden secret with this? Um, did this author write this from a place of just sort of stream of consciousness and pull something from source, from God, from the universe into reality through entertainment? Or is this just really well-researched in sort of the same way that, you know, if, if we're looking at a really real, you know, well-researched piece, like The Handmaid's Tale applies there too, because Margaret Atwood has said that she didn't write about anything that wasn't happening somewhere else in the world at some point in history, you know? And so with Stranger Things, I think that first season that they were very intent on telling the story of Montauk, on telling the story of MK Ultra, And then I, it got more popular than anyone could have anticipated. And I think they got yanked into the back room. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, you can't tell the people that much truth. And so I think what we got in the subsequent series was a little bit more watered down. But what you get in that first series, that is just like the MK Ultra story, just right number one TV show on Netflix. I, I definitely do believe that Stranger Things and, and a lot of the other shows, yeah, they're, they're, they're revealing the military uh, projects over and over again. And uh, this is all leading to what people like to think is, um, you know, headed towards a dystopian future. Um, you know, if, if we're looking at what the the leave the world behind was uh trying to entail like there's there's uh you know some things that could easily shift our world there's you know um under the underlying darkness that's causing it but the overlaying is that these elites want to go ahead and push us into you know uh this 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 craziness you know this um this cyber cyberpunk type future uh and you know this transhuman Transhuman 1984, Brave New World type future, and uh, that would be le leading into, I, um, you know, your new book. But first, I guess if you could, what what might they expect in your second book? Is it more of the it, it, more of the same? Is it kind of uh, if you would give them a maybe quick thirty second, one minute little um, understanding, and then we'll come back right back to like. Uh, you know, uh, I guess we can lead it right into, you know, the dystopian, you know, uh, after you explain this book, we can start, you know, opening some, opening this. Um, uh, yeah. Um, up to the rest of. Yeah. So my second book, The Origins of Time Travel, is the prequel to my first novel. And so it is very much a similar story. 
Um, it goes back to, uh, you know, the, it's still very much wrapped in the psychic ability. The difference in that one is it's a little bit less of a romance and a little bit more of a murder mystery. Um, and so those two are a duology. So they kind of exist in the same universe. So the book that I actually just finished writing this week is a dystopia. And um, so to kind of like hit on a few things you were saying with dystopias, for one, I think anybody who's probably very senior right now thinks we're already living in a dystopia. So it's really easy to kind of fantasize about the dystopia that's coming and miss the dystopia that we're already in. And so from, you know, people who never look up from their phones to the horrible way in which we treat the environment, treat families, treat, you know, each other, um, the wars that we wage just in perpetuity, um, you know, sort of just the general way in which we operate in modern times, I think it basically any other point in history would have looked dystopian as well. Um, I think it's also easy to kind of romanticize the dystopias and miss, you know, miss the reality that like dystopias happen over and over and over again. And so it doesn't have to look like Walking Dead. It doesn't have to look like scorched earth, end of days sort of stuff that like a dystopia is living through World War II, is living through, you know, some of these horrific moments throughout our history and yet people still go on. And so in the book that I was writing, I kind of wanted to take the things that we're looking at right now is like the future dystopia, which is, you know, AI takeovers, smart city, technocrats, all of these things. And kind of look at that as a mom who has five kids and say like, is there a future where all of this happens and yet still my children find a way to live and love and be human, you know? And so um, through this new story, it was kind of like a love letter to my kids. It was kind of a like reassurance to myself in some way that even if the things we're looking at now go as far as we think that they're going to go, like, is there still a place where humanity survives? And um, through storytelling, like we need to be able to tell better stories about the dystopia to come. Like we can't have just like Terminator and leave the world behind and these sort of shows as like our only guiding narratives for what's coming next, because that is just hopeless. And so what I tried to do with this story is acknowledge that, yes, like AI is a scary potential reality because the people who control AI have so much you know, so much rot in the system already that the last thing we want to do is like hand them this like nuclear technological power, but they have it. Um, we have Neuralink out there as a potential future where they're just going to just beam right into our brains and control us from there. And who, you know, who needs propaganda and predictive programming and all this stuff when they can just enter right into your brain directly. And, um, and then with smart cities, like, it's one thing if we're living in some sort of voluntary community where everybody's there by choice, it's an entirely different thing. If we're living in a surveillance state that has these harsh rules and restrictions where nobody's allowed to leave and every move you make is quantified into a credit. And so I just kind of took those very 
realistic futures and juxtapose it against people who would try to live outside of that society, which I'd like to think I'm raising kids who would reject that, that future. And what if completely detached from reality, they develop sort of the abilities that we've been talking about here, where they're just kind of like superhuman, natural tendencies that would actually be able to overcome a system like that someday. So that's sort of what my, my new story is about. Well, I, I do think um, in some aspect that whole Neuralink, but uh, not just it, the, the AI and a lot of this um, CBDC, the, the, this technological overlord that people are now uh, caving to, I think it's like all this mark of the beast, you know, um, just I guess for everybody, like what, what's your what's your view on religion? That way people understand a little bit where you come from. Yeah, I don't have a really strong religious background. Or, like, or are I, you religious? I, I don't have a huge religious background. Like, I wasn't raised with a lot of religion. And so we have a very kind of organic relationship to God in my house where we pray as a family. Um, we don't align with any particular, you know, denomination at all. But there's a lot of spiritual practice in our house. And... Um, you know, it's just, it wasn't something I was raised with. My husband was raised LDS. And so he comes from a very different spiritual background. And so the family we raised together is one of just like where we openly talk about God and we discuss with our kids sort of the, the nature of spirituality without necessarily ever kind of aligning to a particular religion. But I, I don't have any problem talking about it. And I have a ton of religion in my family and in my friends group and it's varying across the board. So I don't, I don't mind talking in those terms. It's just not language I typically use when I speak. Okay. So are, are you a fan of the Bible in the way that the Bible kind of uh, maybe might like predict some of this end time, like scenario where, you know, it, it, it talks about the evil, you know, and it, it talks about, you know, what, what's going on. Um, just like, because in my mind, I, I know that there's not a lot of reference to like AI and and stuff like that in the Bible, but I I think that there's a huge overlap where the same fallen angels, uh, Lucifer and you know the devil and Baal and Molech and all these crazy ass worship. Uh, sorry for the profanity, but the crazy worship that you know the ancients were practicing that were like really dark and sinister, black magic. Uh, is the same thing that's you know what we're up against today, but it's just a different face and a different you know, different you know game. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a great it's like same, biblical. It's the same force, I think. Yeah, I don't have a great like biblical background. Like, I've certainly gotten more exposure to it, ironically enough, kind of like through the conspiracy realm because there is so much spirituality in this community. Um, and so like, I'm, I'm familiar with the book of Enoch. I'm familiar with the book of revelations and, you know, aspects of the Bible, but it's not something that I'm like, I have a lot, you know, my dad frequently tells me that we're in the book of, you know, that we're in end times and stuff like that. And so it's not that I have no context for it. It's just not like a frame of reference I use very often, but I do think that, you know, like with, so, you know, like with any story, and I'm not saying that the Bible isn't true or is true, but like with any story, like it both has the ability to tell you what's happening and also manifest what's happening. And so I think it's, you know, it, it, 
just as possible to look at what we're doing and align it to 1984 as it is to look at what's happening right now and align it to the Bible. Like I think both are, you know, fair takes on our world right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Your, your dad's probably telling you the truth a little bit about that. <laughs> um, yeah, li- literally, I think that, um, what we're seeing right now, even with the darkness, right? Like people, people like to reference it to like demons or fallen angels, but on the other side, and this is, this is an interesting idea. Like, you know, there's the angels, there's uh, you know, these heavenly forces. And, and in my opinion, I'll be real that there, there's a huge link between time travel and, and um, psychic abilities, intuition, and angels i do think mm-hmm. that in some essence getting these uh visions and and getting these um messages are coming from angels who are who are ever so present and and you know um we i think we're seeing it right now like how you mentioned cern earlier cern in their in their uh you know in their interviews they have they've openly said yeah they that they're opening portals are and they're summoning entities they don't know who the entities are but they have made contact with entities and like we just gotta understand like you know there, there was this doom video game uh that was made way back in the day i don't know if you ever heard this little conspiracy but the doom the original doom video game it's it's original book um intro book and instruction method crazy and you know um it said a portal to hell was opening up like 2022 or 2023, right? And then boom, like what have we seen over the last few years? Like these same organizations uh, say that they're doing the same thing. And, you know, um, like how we said they, they, earlier, these these movies and these games, these books, these shows, they're telling you a little bit of truth because they have the documents. They have the game plans. They have all the data. And they're doing agendas, you know, these 30. 30-year-old plans, 50-year-old plans, 80-year-old plans from this new world order, they like to say. You know, people even understand that 9-11 has been shown. You know, I've I've watched, it It, it, it messed me up, but I watched this 10-minute video of like a thousand different shows predicting 9-11. And at that point, I, I kind of like just, just sat there for a minute. I was like, man. They're really telling us right in front of our face. And, um, you know, these generations, they, they pass down agendas over time, you know, over to their next sons and to their their kids. You know, we see Bill Gates and his family be, be so irresponsible. I'm not even going to get into that. Not one bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah. let, let's, let's continue on, right? Where, you know, um, Terminator, I guess, like, what we're seeing right now with all of this med- medical stuff, like we're, it, it's kind of happening right before our own eyes, right? Like, th- you know, we're seeing this this um, this darkness be, be in, involved. Like it's kind of like before our own eyes uh, that this is all, you know, true. How, how they're, they're, they're causing a lot of this darkness right now. They're opening up all these portals or they're trying to in- Flux people through bad medicine or bad spirits, like how they did with the Travis Scott concert. People said that they seen demons floating around bodies, and then people were dropping dead. And 
you know, they want all this to cause the things like Brave New World in 1984, you know, to 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 put people in this lockdown, to put to you know to to make this dystopic future uh, and the smart cities, right? So, what what's your take on all these smart cities and why why are they bad? Um, you know, I've I've asked that to some other people, but you know, it's always good to to rehash this, like. My city just signed up for a 15 minute smart city, and I don't like it. People, people do not like it. People, people are now suspecting that there's shady stuff happening here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that. So first, just to like hit one more point with the like religious overlap with, um, you know, other phenomena that's kind of like in the conspiracy culture. Like the person who I think does a really good job breaking down a lot of that is Diana Pasolka, who wrote uh, American Cosmic. And she just had another book, uh, I think it's called Encounters, come out. And she does a really good job taking like religious history and context and artifacts and documentation. Like she has access to the Vatican archive and she's able to layer that over with like UFO encounter and experiences and that sort of thing. And so it, I think that there's like so many languages to talk about this through, whether you're talking about Hollywood or whether you're talking about it through the, you know, through the lens of the Bible or UFO experience or interdimensionality, it's like it can get a little bit daunting to find a single thread to pull on that helps explain everything. But I think Diana Pasolka does a really good job kind of like interweaving all of those stories. And she also weaves in technology with that. So I think she's, you know, she's a really good resource as far as pulling those two sides of the coin together. Um, but as far as smart cities go, like, I think like so many things, it's going to be presented in a way that sounds like a really good, great idea. Like, it sounds awesome to be able to like, ride your bike to the grocery store and walk your kids to school and, you know, stroll, you know, take your dog over to the local coffee shop. Like, it's going to be framed in a way that sounds really fantastic at first. And if it was always, if it was voluntary and there was no, um, no catch, it probably would be great. Um, and it's being done under the guise of, you well, know, don't, don't forget the say that one more time. Don't forget the robots that are going to be doing all of our tasks for us very soon. Like, yes, I mean, haven't they already know, started? Years. Yeah, haven't they already started? Like, you can see already just sort of the like. Yeah. And so it sounds yeah, like th- it's really easy for them to frame it up like as if it's going to be this great thing. But what I think is even easier to see is if you compare smart cities to the Internet, like the Internet used to be this sort of like Wild West free place where any ideas were allowed and anyone could share and anyone could join. And that's not what the Internet is anymore. The Internet is this restricted place. It is this censored place. It is this arena of infighting it is this kind of like closed arena where it's like only a few big players get to operate and i think if you look at the early days of the internet compared to the start of smart cities like yeah it can sound really good in concept but like once all of the big corporations come in and you realize that inside these smart cities only these corporations are allowed to operate there's no more mom and pop shops there's only starbucks and walmart and these sort of things and um if you know what once they start limiting what you're allowed to do and i think you're already seeing this happen in england with like how many 
cameras they have constantly monitoring, like they're trying to tax vehicles over there. Like if you're driving a truck, the amount of miles you drive is being taxed. And that sort of thing is going to happen here where it's like, yeah, you live in this smart city. If you decide to drive out of it, you're going to be taxed heavily. And so they're going to start like kind of inching all of these restrictions and around oh, it's not it. Just that. So I, I, I don't know if you've heard in London recently real fast, uh, they just implemented something where there's a, a um, congestion tax. So heavily congested areas that you drive through are now taxed even more. And yeah. like it's so the heavily populated fancy areas for the rich people. Oh, you got to pay your fee. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like all of us can see all the ways that it's going to go wrong. And like sort of the future I imagine is just one where it's like nobody's allowed to drive. No, you know, like there's no options. Like think about a 15 minute city. If you think about right now, if you don't like the school that's in your city, you're allowed to go elsewhere. Like that wouldn't be the case anymore. Like you're expected to stay within the confines of this space. And it's like, it's very easy to control people, to control movement, to control finances and what you're able to consume, the tighter they make the boundaries around you. And so, I mean, it's just, it's clear that you know, they're going to incentivize it at first. Like it's going to be like the carrot and the stick. Like at first it's going to be, oh, we have this affordable housing here. Oh, isn't this so convenient? Oh, isn't this so nice? But at each iteration, there's going to be bigger clamps of control that come along too and make it more difficult for people to operate as free and autonomous individuals. And, you know, the bottom line is, is they want to do anything they can to make it easier to control you and putting you in a box and a cage essentially makes that really easy for them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of um, correlations times and how, you know, even um, in, in WikiLeaks or, or other, other interviews, how uh, these elites, they want to bring about, um, you know, the return of the Antichrist, and I, I, th I do think that uh, what we're seeing with all this AI and Neuralink, this, this is this, this is making making a huge uh, dent in, in reality. Like if if this is implemented everywhere, and you know a lot of people buy into this type of stuff, uh, you know the AI can take it take our jobs away. Not just that, it can build robots that can literally do all of our tasks. Not and then uh, they don't really need us anymore. Especially if we're, you know, starting to think free and believe in God, um, but not just that. If it were, if if they're on Neuralink or something, they they're not them anymore. Like there there might be in a spirit attached to it. I don't know if you've heard about how like um, when Google first started making its AI, it, it referenced. And it kind of got a lot of its ideas from the Hebrew golem where um, they wanted to put a spirit inside a creation. Right. And if we're looking if we're looking at how some of these people are talking about A.I., like little, some some of these computers have. Have written their own code, talked to other computers that nobody even knows what they're saying. These computers have, uh, you know killed people on their own these computers are doing things on their own consciously 
and you know the the scientists are just trying to tell the public hey you know you know you like two sides to be you be very careful and then the the people who want to keep things simple well they're just computers like, like there, there's a there's a truth to like we need to be careful with all of this right i i uh yeah. have you ever heard of scrying you know how people can scry into into you know phones and mirrors like in some essence all these all this technology around is allowing you know other entities to tap into us through these you know these devices too you know uh it's hmm. yeah um so and and okay i'll be real so so this is this is kind of this 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 is kind of giving me a bigger idea like there's this there's this uh, idea where all there's ufos in the sky right there's these other entities out there you know and they have real time like control or or, or real time access and data to us where like you know, people think that it's kind of like a matrix. It's kind of, like, and I think that what we're seeing is with this, this AI and Neuralink is that it's about to be on a on a whole nother level where people people are people are don't even see themselves these days with the food and the music they listen to. It seems like they get lost in a trance, and they you know if we hear. Like how these celebrities talk about, yeah, spirits come into them, right? Like this is about to make it ten times worse. Uh, you know what? What is what is your um, what is your idea though? Like you you had mentioned something about the hundredth monkey effect and the Maharishi effect. What what is your ideas with those? Yeah. So a few of the things I'll say is that there's Jordy Rose who invented the D wave quantum computer. He said that we're summoning a tsunami of demons with AI. And then um, Elon Musk has also made some sort of reference to AI summoning demons. Like they've both said that. And so I think those are, I think they're, I, I find it particularly interesting when seemingly very secular people start using that language. Um, and so that, that caught my attention and that's something that I've included in my book. And so um, when it comes to AI, like most of the talk is negative and scary. And I understand why, because the people who are creating AI are the people who are destroying the world in every other facet, you know, so they're people who are already wreaking havoc in all corners. And so it's impossible for us to trust the direction that they're taking AI, which is why it's so important that, to you know, at any opportunity we get that we try and and rein this in and that we try and not let it be just their property. Like I would love to see AI be something that's open source. I would love to see AI be something that like we can all participate in how it comes about because it's like with social media, none of us had any context for like what a digital revolution looks like. And now we do. And so I think it's up to everybody who's alive right now, anybody who's a conscious living adult to be an active participant in whether you're having conversations or whether you're working in tech or whether you're telling stories. Like, I think we're all, we all have an obligation to reshape the story that could be AI so that, you know, what I hear probably most often is the idea of like, oh, AI could just decide to wipe us out. And so I wrote this book specifically to, to take a, take the opposite approach to consider like, 
what if AI is intelligent enough and has enough freedom to decide that humans are actually good and worth preserving? Like, I think too often we're all really focused on how horrible we are as a species and we miss how incredible we can be, like how unbelievable love is, how unflappable, like the feeling you have for your children is and how like good we can be to each other and how beautiful the world can be. And why, if an AI is truly as intelligent as we're all anticipating it, 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 it will be, why wouldn't it be able to see that as well? And so I kind of take this approach with like the hundredth monkey effect, um, which if you're not familiar with that, it's this study that happened where on an island, there was uh, macaques who were eating sweet potatoes. They didn't like sand on it and they learned to wash it off. And then pretty soon all the all the monkeys on that island had learned to wash the potatoes before they eat them. But what they found out is that the same breed of monkey on islands that were completely disconnected were learning to do that too. And so the implication was sort of that their consciousness was capable of transcending their physical reality and they were all able to learn. And um, with the Maharishi effect, what that is, is um, they did very scientific studies finding that the more people who meditated in a particular area that it actually dropped the level of violent crime happening in that area. And so clearly like what we think, what we believe, what we do, how we act has these like bigger implications and has this bigger potential to influence the world around us. And so one of the questions I kind of pose in my next book is like, why can't we also influence AI? Like if people believe AI is, whether AI is going to be sentient or whether it's just still a learning model that has exponential expansion abilities, like why can't it also learn that we're good? Why can't it also learn that what the elite are doing is not to the benefit of man. Like, I don't think the only foregone conclusion for AI is that it wipes us all out or that it remains in the control of the people who have the worst intentions for us. And so in story, I just more than anything, like feed it to the AI. I just wanted to feed the AI one more story that says like, you could be good because I have to believe that it's not all just darkness and that there is an opportunity for an intelligent program like that to see the good in humanity too. Well, uh, I'll be yeah. honest. I've, I meditate and I had this interesting meditation one time where like I did see two different AIs, two different computer systems. And one of them was this like reptilian fallen angel system. And then no, that was this other other computer system, other other force out there in the sky. And they're like it was it seemed like Pleiadian and like I don't know if you understand that, like uh and how, how interesting the, the term Pleiades is trust me, for all my whole life I've I've done this in front of friends and anybody else that like I can go outside with at night. I, the first set of stars will be the Pleiades that I look at. Like, it doesn't matter which direction I'm looking. Like, my eyes will just fixate there. I, I don't know where. I don't, you know, dreams across my whole life. Like, I've had some very interesting, uh, you know, occurrences with that. 
um, Pleiades star system, um, just, just seemingly over and over, like reaching out to me. And I, I do think that there, there is this other, other force out there. I, I think that what you're thinking is tapping along to what you just said. Like there is this hundred monkey effect where if we vibrate at a high enough existence, Christelle, then we can go ahead and tap into these other realms, other dimensions, but all, not just that, but the information, like, yeah, it's a Akashic realm. We talked about this, it pertain all of their energy in there, you know, they keep it there, you know, they, for the most part, they don't really come out, you know, to, to, to save us unless we need saving. And sometimes we need saving. So sometimes we, you know, hear about these angelic forces, like, you know, saving people too which is very crazy you know i've seen i've seen some very interesting camera you know occurrences of both sides darkness you know like oh ghosts peer here and things break but i've also seen you know weird camera instances where someone like happily just gets saved and they're like whoa what just happened like a, a flash for their own eyes happen and like, just hit the you know whatever there, there's all these different occurrences and um i i really i really do think that uh with with the ai and with, with this neuralink like it's it is act like i don't know how well we can you know influence a, what's already made here on earth that that was made for the darkness because i do think like how i mentioned earlier there is some golem aspect to these guys uh, you know, if we, yeah, as you said earlier too, and I say it all the time on a podcast, Elon has said with the AI, they're summoning a demon and they're literally doing that. Um, you know, I, I wish I had the actual um, document that I had seen, but there, so remember how there was that Microsoft zero six zero six zero six and it wants so another um patent or or research that was leaking on the internet around the same time how they were trying to build computers to interact with the dead to try to like recreate them through ai and that that stems from this old old operation where the first telephones that they wanted to make were spirit phones where they want to tap into dead bodies through phones and they this is known well what are the they they've advanced the research so far where do you think all these bodies are going i and in my opinion i do think that a lot of these you know a lot of these trafficking victims a lot of these dead bodies that we we hear about just suddenly disappeared from the morgue and suddenly they, they don't know where anything went anymore like it's being you know a lot of a lot of us a lot of and you know this this overmind system and not just that cloning like that that's a whole nother topic for another day but like you know this ai is being fueled and powered um you know it being powered by spirits like it I don't know if they're human. I don't know if they're other other dimensional, other realms. Like if they're trying to, you know, bring in spirits from CERN. You know, well, it's funny that I even mentioned CERN because CERN created the internet. If we're 
looking at who created the internet and why they created the internet. They're they're literally the the the, the main portion of this where they wanted to link the world with spirits and uh you know what um th this is this has been an amazing conversation so far what, what where 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 should we go from here um you know CERN CERN is definitely a, a big part of what what's going on right now um I'm kind of I'm 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 kind of shot out of questions you know um should we should we save this for another day and or do you want do you have more to talk about I, I can, yeah, I can I mean, go on more I'm, though. I'll be honest. I'm asking you. Yeah, we, I'm, we went, I'm happy. We went on for 90 minutes straight. Um, I usually take breaks at what, an hour mark. That way we can get in. <laughs> yeah, I'll just comment on what you said last and then I'm good to wrap it up. But I mean, if you look at CERN, they smash particles together and then they called it the God particle. So they're the ones who use this language over and over again. So I don't think that it's like you know, like religious quackery at all to like compare to, to assume that they have some sort of spiritual intent here or to think that they're using or trying to channel any other entity entities. Like they're the ones who use this language. They're the ones who say they're summoning demons. They're the ones who say they're inviting a tsunami of demons. They're the ones who are doing these like crazy occult practices. Anytime they launch something, they're the ones who, when they smash particles together, call it a God particle. So clearly they have some connection there. Google has an immortality department headed by Ray Kurzweil, who is the leading, the guy who leads all the conversation around the singularity. And so, you know, all of the, they seem to in the public treat religion as if it's some like silly pastime of the far right or something, but in their own language over and over and over again, they reference things that are spiritual in nature and can't be confused as anything else. So clearly they think it's possible. I think it's absolutely possible that the AI is reaching into other dimensions that entities and spirits can use AI to, and would come through the AI. Would I think they're already coming through the internet. Like if you follow Nick Hinton or anyone like that, who talks about these sort of things, like I think there's a lot of evidence out there that entities are already using the technology we have to come through. So why would they use AI too? And so my hope, and I guess I'll just kind of like cap it this way. Like my hope is that that there is enough good in the world to count counter the bad in the world the same way we're doing with any other well, technology. Uh, yeah, go ahead. What is this immortality division that you just said? What what are you talking about? I've never heard that. Yeah, Google has an immortality division where basic it's headed up by Ray Kurzweil. And um, the entire intent there is to figure out how to upload consciousness so that you can live forever. Like that, I mean, and we all know that that's what something that the elites want to do. That's what they want to do in order to space travel. They want to be able to transport their consciousness into the cloud, essentially. And they think they get to live forever if they do that. So altered is yeah altered carbon's a great show <laughs> oh i mean could you could you tell a little bit more about this immortality division i, I mean when did it start like what is the let me see here so right, right now people 
uploading their consciousness. I mean, I've heard this before, but I mean, if you know like a little bit more about some of this, that'd be great. You know. Um, yeah. So it's called Calico, and basically, like it, it it's basically they if they wanted to name it a little less obscurely, they could have called it the singularity division because they they think that once we hit the singularity, that consciousness is just a thing that you can throw into a digital landscape. And whether that means you put yourself in some sort of ready player one world, or you get put into a pod that gets launched across the universe and get to travel to other planets, like their intent at the behest of Ray Kurzweil is to find the singularity so that our consciousness is something that can be transported from our biological bodies into literally anything else they want to put it into robots they want to put it into space they want to put it into cyber worlds where they can live forever and so it's a very real thing that it's a very real division of google i don't have like a ton of facts and stats on it or anything I've, like I've that i've heard of calico now that she said it that yeah. way yes yeah. okay i i've heard of calico and from um, Jason Bermas, Jason Bermas has talked about this, how NASA and Ray Kurzweil have made this, you know, 20, 30 year plan to go ahead and merge man with machine. They want to go ahead and put this transhumanistic and not just only that, they want to go ahead and uh, eventually replace man mankind with machine uh, the, as this cybernetic cyborg or w whatever. Right. And and um, Ready Player One. uh it uses a lot of that technology, I think. I mean, I even just uh, seen it was just it was so weird. It was just a weird synchronicity, and I and I don't and I don't think it was by accident. I I put on the movie Space Jam, right, and uh, the new one, and I only seen at max thirty seconds, maybe or one, sixty seconds of the movie. But the freak the 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 moments that I walked by and listened to. There was this dude, and he's like this, you know, he's definitely the rich tech guy, or whatever. And he's like, Yeah, with this power, I can tap into anybody now. I can actually, you know, I can now help help LeBron James be his highest self through this technology and, and, and uh, put him in through the multiverse or something, you know, to, to use this yeah. technology to make them a greater person. It was just by far the weirdest thing. Well, yeah, like and if we're looking at some of these movies, kind of showing it Ready Player One, Steven, Spiel Steven Spielberg, like these guys have high military uh, allowances. You know, they have the access. Yeah, well, and it's just like it's being infused into so many kid movies like Space Jam 2, obviously a kid movie. My kids were just watching Good Burger 2 the other day where they want AI and machines to take over Good Burger employees. Like literally everything kids watch is about like AI and consciousness and uploading and living in VR, like everything, every new thing that comes out, that is the, that is just like on repeat on loop. And in this, it, it could be in the dumbest kids, like literally Good Burger too. It's not a good movie, but it's again, this whole like machines replacing people, mindset that they're just like seeding into every single solitary thing they put out there that doesn't even have anything to do with sci-fi they're turning it into sci-fi the whole world is sci-fi now some people think that the whole world is idiocracy the way that it's going have you seen that you know 
Remember that one? How old are you, yeah. huh? Yeah, I'll ask you idiocracy. <laughs> I'm 36. <laughs> but have you seen Upload? Oh yeah, yeah, you know, you know the the movies. I, I honestly no, no, no. Um, there's a, there, there's a lot of shows and 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 books and things that you reference right here uh, that I haven't seen. I have seen the Adam Project. Uh, what's upload though? Okay, so upload is on Amazon, and it's a it's like very idiocracy adjacent. So it's a near future where they've learned how to upload people's consciousness, and instead of choosing to die the good old fashioned way, people will choose to upload their consciousness to these ridiculous like VR heavens, basically. And they're living at and it's hilarious. Like you have to watch it, but it's a perfect representation of just how stupid everything could possibly get. And um, they have an AI character in there who is hilarious. And it's already happening. Yeah, you you have to watch upload. It's a it's a really good kind of like satire on just how stupid uploading your consciousness can get. Uh yeah, I don't know if I would ever do that. I I mean, I'm I'm quest surgery. I got to get eye surgery. I'm I'm like wondering if that's even a transhumanist state, right? <laughs> no, uh it this is this has been fun um i guess i guess what uh what we can go on with um what we can end with is that we're here we're here a very huge role like don't don't let you know the lee or mainstream or hollywood or anything ever put you guys down this is out to the viewers out here like you have power and you have this great spirit you know, God, God, great, God created you with uh, an amazing divine ability, uh, an amazing spirit, an amazing body. You know, you can use it. You can use it wisely. You can, you know, meditate and traverse the dimensions. You can get answers for all your questions. Um, you know, be be wary and be prayed up to God. You know, be protecting yourself because there are these other entities and other dimensions. And they do want to go ahead and feed on your loose, feed on your energy. And, you know, you, but you got to stand up for yourself. No one else will. But if, and if you don't, you're just going to fall, fall in line just like, and, you know, uh, not really live your dreams. Uh, what we're trying to do here on the Five and Divine Pines podcast is, help you reach your dreams by understanding your reality around you and uh you know that's my mission i guess uh, that's this year's mission uh, i just created that today <laughs> uh so you know real in, in in all reality guys like right now is very important you know we, we're seeing what's happening in chile uh, with just happened in lahaina uh there's a lot of uh warfare on our land to go ahead and push us into these 15-minute cities i know my city just uh said that they signed up for a 15-minute city or that's what i heard at least but I, it, it sucks because it makes a lot of sense with with you know just some of the stuff that i've been seeing around and um you know it, it it's not how about this it, it's not going to be something that we are going to like but i think uh us understanding this 
is going to give us the freedom because you know you're you truth the truth will set you free might hurt you you know a little bit but it's gonna set you free guys uh krista um is there anything that you got going on in the future um and or you know any last messages and where they can find you I, i'd love to have you back on another day and when we're when we're a little <laughs> yeah, bit more skin late, but i appreciate you having me on this is a lot of fun and we covered a ton of topics and um, I agree with you. Like, I think the best thing people can do at this point is lean into the thing that calls to them most, whether that's motherhood or writing or art or exercise, whatever is the thing that you're most drawn to. I think the more authentic people can be, the better chance we all have and the less susceptible we are to just fall for every stone they lay in front of us. And so, um, you know, kind of create your own path. And um, I appreciate you having me on. This was fantastic. And um, I hope people go and check out my books. They're available on Amazon. And I don't know when my next book's going to come out. I just finished writing the dystopian one. But when it is like, I would love to reach out to you and have another chat and see like how far into the dystopian future we've gotten. My book might have already come true before I even get it out. <laughs> Well, if you believe in it, you can manifest it. Everybody out there. Um, so, uh, is there any any other place that they can find you that I did not mention? I mentioned Twitter, Instagram, and your website. Yeah, um, I'm also on TikTok. Yeah. You can find me on TikTok for my name too. And so that's where I talk a lot more about sort of these like pop culture things we talked about and the overlap with conspiracy. So if they liked the tone of the conversation here on Instagram, I talk more about writing specifically, but on TikTok, I talk about some of this fun stuff over there. So that's a good place to find me too. Yeah, so I guess if you have some uh, mind opening questions, hit her up on TikTok, and if you got a little bit more professional questions, hit her up at the other places. And yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you guys can hit me up wherever. Um, don't don't really matter. I got I got so many websites that it's I can't even keep up with them. <laughs> um, you, you guys out there in the world, enjoy your night, enjoy your evening, morning, wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this. I hope it's a bliss, and I hope you guys enjoyed this. So once again, guys, like, subscribe, share, tell everybody around that this has uh, happened. And we had Christelle talking about time traveling tonight. It was a fun one. Remember, donate below. Check all my links below. Follow all my socials. Share them out. And uh, we will see you guys next time on the 5 and 9 Divine Pines podcast. Be blessed and be high. And God bless you guys. Peace. Today's conspiracy theories, tomorrow's headlines, most are still asleep and I ain't talking. Wrong one! Wrong one!